0: Most of you know that I usually make some comments at this point in the Mass about the upcoming readings. I like to think of this as the teaser, or some people call it the preview, or as Father Don calls it, my first homily. Um, This tradition actually began three years ago with this set of readings, because I think the first and second readings are almost impossible to understand without some context. Our first reading is from Amos. Amos is the oldest prophet to get his own book in the Bible. It's the time of the divided kingdom. And Amos is from the southern kingdom called Judah, but he's called by God to go to the northern kingdom to warn the aristocrats and the clergy to clean up their act. And today Amos is criticized by a priest of the northern kingdom. Amos explains his simple origins and how he was called by God. For the next seven weeks, starting today, our second reading is from Ephesians. The way to think of Ephesians is it's the merger document, the corporate merger of the Jews and the Greeks and how they are going to come together to be one Christian community. Even though we're just hearing the greeting to the Ephesian community today, think about the fact this letter is always concerned about unity despite the differences within the body of Christ. In our gospel today, Jesus sends the apostles out to start preaching the good news. Straightforward and challenging to us, considering that we know more about the good news than Amos or the apostles, and at least as much as the Jews and Greeks in the letter to the Ephesians. Lord Jesus, you came to do the Father's will. Lord, have mercy. mercy. Christ Jesus, you commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. Christ, have mercy. mercy. Lord Jesus, you continually send us your Spirit to give us the courage to proclaim the good news. Lord, have mercy. mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. My Aunt Dee is one of the most well read, most intellectual people I know but she can turn a casual phrase to express a point. When she wants the grandkids to put away their toys quickly rather than drawing out the process at the end of the day as we know children are wont to do, she simply says, get her done. Well, this was all well and good until one day when she took the whole family to the Latin mass that she and Uncle Bob prefer. And after the extended family got settled in the pew, Little Thomas, who was about three or four at the time, said loud enough for strangers to hear in the quiet, get her done. But in a way, it's sort of the message of our readings today. Don't delay, get to it. Amos was a shepherd whom God called to go to the northern kingdom and prophesy. He had no special training And the Ephesians are told, you Jews and you Greeks, you are both chosen by God. God has already given you the gifts needed to follow Christ together. And after the apostles had followed Jesus for just a short while, hearing him preach and seeing him perform miracles, Jesus asks them to do the same. What were the apostles thinking as Jesus sent them? They had little training, They knew more about fishing and tax collecting than about the gospel. They were to take no provisions for the journey, not even a change of clothes. The catechism of the Catholic Church hadn't been written yet. They didn't know that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. It was not clear if they understood what Jesus had taught them so far. And just before this, the paragraph before this in the gospel is where Jesus went to the synagogue of his hometown and preached and was rejected. And, as we will learn in the paragraph after this, John the Baptist has just been beheaded by Herod for preaching the gospel. And now they're being set off. I'm guessing they felt incompetent, and they probably feared for their lives. We think that we're not qualified to preach the gospel. We don't think we know enough about the faith, we don't think we're good speakers. We're afraid that people will make fun of us or ask hard questions that we can't answer. Sometimes we even doubt what we believe. And that's okay. As Dr. Ruth Queen-Smith so eloquently says, you are each the expert on your story. You know who God is to you. You know how God has made a difference in your life. And if you share that story, no one's going to say, no, that didn't happen. You didn't understand that, right? Our gospel passage ends with this surprise. The apostles succeeded beyond their wildest dreams. They went off and preached repentance. They drove out many demons, anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. But throughout the last two millennia, Christians often have been scared to proclaim the gospel. We continue to need encouragement to go out to the peripheries. Gregory the Great is called the Great because he is considered to be perhaps the greatest pope of the last 2,000 years. And why was he great? Because he pushed the church to go out beyond the borders of the Roman Empire around the year 600 A.D., Today, the world is captivated by Pope Francis because he proclaims the gospel to the peripheries of society. He is the master of the image. That's really great when you're preaching to people who don't know any of the languages you speak. He is the master of the soundbite. He makes lots of people proud to be Christian. But are we really following his example? When's the last time we embraced a man with boils? When's the last time we visited a slum? When was the last time we protested how some of the wealthy are exploiting the poor? If you need encouragement to go out and proclaim the gospel, just glance through Pope Francis's two major documents he's written as pope. Laudato Si, on the care of the environment, was just released last month. And Evangelii Gaudium, otherwise known as the Joy of the Gospel, was written, I think, in November of 2013. Now, for 50 years, popes have written documents like these addressed to, quote, all people of goodwill. But Pope Francis is the first to write in a way that he really means it. His writing is engaging. It's not written just to theologians. There is no need for you to hear what I have to say about these articles. You don't have to read what the papers say. Just go on the Internet, Google these, they'll pop right up, read a paragraph or two at random. He writes very, very long documents. He really needs an editor. But the great thing is you can pick almost any paragraph at random and get a sense of the whole You can just pray on it. You can talk with your neighbor about one of these paragraphs. Christians of many denominations have been having study groups on the joy of the gospel. Our group has been meeting for over a year, and they don't stop, right? You're you're part of that group, right? You're having a great time with it. Let me just quote one snippet of one paragraph from the joy of the gospel. Francis says, all the baptized, whatever their position in the church or their level of instruction in the faith, are agents of evangelization. Indeed, anyone who has truly experienced God-saving love does not need much time or lengthy training to go out and proclaim that love. If we are not convinced, let us look at those first disciples. So, What are we waiting for? Or, as my auntie would say, get her done.